Welcome to the Contracting Officer Podcast. It's not just for contracting officers. If you're anywhere in the government acquisition world, this podcast is for you. Today, Kevin's talking past performance with Vicki Straharsky. This episode is brought to you by Skyway Acquisition. Check out skywayacq.com to learn more. Let's get started. I want to say welcome back to Vicki Straharsky. She leads our pre-award and proposal team at Skyway. I always enjoy getting her perspective on the proposal process, since not only is she an experienced proposal manager, she was also a contracting officer, like the rest of us on the Skyway team. So she brings this unique perspective, having seen both sides of the market kind of at the ground level. Today, we're going to talk about how commercial past performance is not the same as government past performance, but that doesn't mean that it's not valuable or or even relevant to the individual opportunity you may be going after. We've covered past performance a few times. It's a big concept in a couple of these episodes, going back as far as episode 110, a couple hundred episodes ago. We talked about why it's critical to both government and industry and how to use it as a, to compound the advantage of having good past performance, that kind of stuff. However, we've not covered some of the basics of what constitutes past performance, what types there are, and, and the kind of ways you can get past performance and how to use them. There are four basic types that, were, that we outlined. So Vicki, why don't you walk through those four? Okay, Kevin. The first one that I'd like to talk about is the commercial past performance, which is meaning all of your experience that's not federal contracting. Everything that you do in the commercial world. The next is performance for the federal government. And then necking it down even tighter and more relevant is performance specific to a specific agency or even on a specific contract. And we'll get into that a little bit and define what those are a little bit better. So the, the four basic types are commercial, performance for the government in general, performance for a specific agency, and then number four is performance for a specific contract. When each of those applies and how can, can be pretty confusing. But before we get into all those details, let's stop and say thanks. Thanks this week goes to Joan Mickle. Uh, Joan is the managing partner at Profile Partners, uh, LLC. Joan is an active podcast listener, and Profile Partners is also a Skyway community member. Profile Partners, they're a professional services firm, but they create custom, I love this, thoughtful management solutions and strategies for their government customers. So thoughtful management solutions is a cool way to say that. Profile Partners helps organizations implement their strategies, including private-public partnerships and technology transfers. I want to thank Joan specifically for her exceptional feedback and her input about the Contracting Officer podcast during her her Skyway community welcome call. The feedback we get from listeners, and especially from our customers, is critical to ensuring that we get better week after week. It's people like Joan, when they join the Skyway community, they allow us to do this podcast free for every week going on six years. (laughs) So thank you, Joan. Okay, back to the four levels of past performance. Walk me through, like, what, what are we talking about here? For the purposes of our discussion today, we're talking, when we're saying past performance, we're including uh, experience. And experience is often uh, evaluated separately. It is what did you do on your previous contracts? And past performance is rated separate from that. And it is how well did you do those contracts? Uh, But for the purposes of discussion today, we're talking about both of them interchangeably and together, um, so not splitting them apart. Let's make sure that we're not confusing people. Right. Past performance is how well you've done it. Experience is whether you've done it. For the purposes of this, let's just all call it the same. 
So the first one is contract specific past performance. So like talk me through that one. This is actually the probably the easiest and most straightforward and most relevant uh, that you can possibly have. For instance, you might be going after a contract that is a follow-on to a previous contract, i.e. they've been providing uh, services or you know, buying services for the past 15 years under three prior contracts. So if you were one of the holders of one of those prior contracts, then you obviously have very relevant experience because you've actually performed that contract for that agency in those seats and you know the you know the requirements extremely well. So that's about as as relevant as it's going to get. What if you're a subcontractor on, on the contract? Even, like that? even as a subcontractor on a federal contract, I tend to wrap those into it as well. And so does so do most evaluators unless they actually spell it out within the solicitation and say subcontracting, you know, will will be graded this way and prime contractors will be graded that way. Uh, most of the time federal contracts, if it's a federal agency and you provided a service to them, then that's going to be, you know, the agency and you you were as part of that team. Now, you will probably have only performed part of the effort. And so you may not have, you know, the whole scope that the, the prime contractor might have. That's a good point. But you, but you can say you've got contract-specific past performance even as a sub. Okay. So the next one is the agency the agency-specific past performance. An awful lot of agencies are very um, preferential. They prefer con- they prefer to work with contractors they worked with before. And so, for instance, uh, the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers is often that way. They will want you to have at least one smaller contract with them and you've performed well and they can talk to, they can go down and say, hey, Joe, how'd they do? So they want you to know the Corps of Engineers and and how the Corps works and thinks. So it's very important to have a prior contract. And yes, how do you get prior contracts when you don't have one? Well, it's it's breaking that ice and, and getting in the door. Is, uh, is the challenge. But if you've got one for, for, say, Corps of Engineers or for the VA, for instance, the VA also likes to know that, uh, that you've got VA experience and that you know the VA uh, agency and how they think and what their mission is. It's one thing to say it in your technical volume. It's another thing to say, hey, you know, we've worked the contract. We've got the, we've got the credentials. And an important factor in this is that it's really great to have past performance with them. It's important to have good past performance with them. This is a, a double-edged sword because if you have performance that's bad, <laughs> they're going to remember that too. But to your point, these are agencies that they, they want you to have worked with them before, which means they're going to check, <laughs> which means if you have bad past performance and you're not delivering well, you're, you're, it's going to end up haunting you. <laughs> so it's an aside, but the importance of their tracking your past performance so you want it to be good. Absolutely the case, yes. Okay, so on, on to the third one, the government past performance. So walk me through what that looks like. Well, yes, I was around during the days when we didn't, we, the government agencies, didn't even know who the other government agencies were. We didn't share information. We didn't even talk to each other. You know, if you uh, if you had bad past performance for the Air Force and you were going after a contract with the General Services Administration, they would never know how bad off it was or how great it was uh, unless you told them. So, but nowadays the federal government has a, this great database, 
and they will go in and look and check. But the, the good news is government past performance, federal past performance is often treated as more relevant right off the bat than commercial or non-federal government work. They should say that, but uh, even if it doesn't say it and they only give you the top level, it needs to be similar in size, scope, and complexity. If you can put your federal ones first, then that will do well for you. So, for example, if you have a contract providing information technology services to the Department of Homeland Security, that's a government agency, right? And now as a new contract you're going after with the Army, the Army actually has the ability through the CPARs, which we have episodes about that, they can actually go look and say, okay, how good is their past performance? Whereas, interestingly enough, you're right, decades ago, they didn't talk. <laughs> and it was good and bad. On one hand, yes, you could be ne- negative and say, well, the bad guys were getting really bad performance on both sides. But likewise, good performance wasn't being rewarded by being able to compound it. And now it is. So yeah. take your good performance with, in this example, the Dep- Department of Homeland Security, and then apply that to getting your new contract with the Army. So that's kind of cool. So the last example is the commercial or, or private, the private past performance is what I believe the FAR calls it. Then you're looking at what is the exact service or the exact uh, product that is being purchased by the federal government. And you're, you're, you're going to use your commercial past performance anyway. And just be very clear as to what, you're, what did you do for those commercial customers. And if you can, find a way to, within the description, for instance, use the terminology that the federal government is using. And you can pull that right out of the solicitation, right out of the statement of work. You read the statement of work, and if they call it a facility, and what you did was called a building, then you might actually put in the description of what you did uh, you know, you're going to write that we we built XYZ building and then put parenthesis facility because that's what the federal government is looking for. Help them to understand what it is that you did that is so similar in size, in scope, in complexity, um, and and be very be very clear about it and use words that the federal agency will understand. Have you seen RFPs where where you think commercial is actually more valuable? Oh yes. Yes. In fact, uh, in, in some of the IT world, there is a, a feeling that, uh, you know, the commercial world is ahead of us, is ahead of the federal government. So we're constantly buying, you know, new technology and we're always 10 years behind. So having commercial uh, experience and expertise in the IT world is not a bad thing. When it comes to cybersecurity, well, that's another topic altogether because after all, the government needs its security in a different fashion, <laughs> of course. But when it comes down to uh, a cybersecurity, the leading edge of cybersecurity and the leading edge of the IT world, then commercial contracts are probably going to be just as valuable as, as government ones. Yeah, very, very good point. So one of the things we talked about them being valuable, what makes the past performance valuable is its relevance. Is What does it mean to be relevant? Sometimes relevance is, just looking at exactly what I had said prior was the, the exact scope of work, the statement of work, the services, the exact services that, that are spelled out within that statement of work and looking at now, maybe you don't have a commercial statement of work and that doesn't matter as long as you know that you did these things under this particular effort for a commercial customer, 
then go ahead and spell them out and say, this is what we did and, and spell it out sort of like what the statement of work did so that you can show them, help the evaluators to understand why it is so similar of, of a contract. Right. And in, in the, the government performance example we we're talking about a minute ago, the, the, um, was it the Department of Homeland Security and now new contracts with the Army, right? So in that case, they make, they being the government, may consider or outright state that past performance with the Army or with the DOD is more valuable because this is a Army contract. But they might not, right? And, and they, or they may say government experience or they, depending on what the services are, they, they may, to your point, maybe it's commercial is as relevant. But that's the kind of stuff you're looking for. And, and government folks, the more specificity you can add to that, the better the outcomes are going to be and how people use their past performance. Especially using the same terminology as what the opportunity is that you're going after. So that because the evaluators know what they need and they know how they call it. So you need to translate your past performance for a different customer into words that they will they will get it, that they will understand. And yes, sometimes it's in the RFP, it's you get only the standard similar in size and scope to the work being offered. And sometimes it's much more specific, but if it's the standard stuff, then it's on you to look at the statement of work and show them how the statement of work that, you know, the work that you did in your past performance is relevant to that statement of work that you're going after to show that you, you've done it before, you can do it now. Correct. Right. I mean, the, the RFP has to, or okay, it doesn't have to, it should, as much as you can, specify what those evaluators are going to think is relevant. Like you were saying, like you need to make this easier for them to, to make the case that this is relevant. But it might actually be pretty nebulous and say, you have done this kind of work before and not even get into the nuance of, have you done it with the government? Have you done it for our agency? Are you the incumbent, et cetera? And the problem with that, if by not having some kind of a prioritization system, we end up with offers just throwing all of their past performance at it. When, when they think, hey, I've done this commercially, and then the Army evaluators are like, well, yeah, but you haven't done it for us. That kind of, you haven't done it for us, that should be in the RFP. Okay, so when does this stuff happen? When do we care so much about these types of past performance? The first place this is going to come up is in market research zone. So you get into the acquisition time zones. The market research zone is before RFP. It's when the RFP is being drafted. It's when we're talking to industry saying, okay, what kind of past performance are we going to decide is relevant? That's the first time this comes up. And then the RFP zone is when we actually tell the world, okay, we've decided that, that commercial past performance is as relevant as, as agency-specific. Or we're saying that agency-specific is, is more relevant than non-government, et cetera. And then, of course, the source selection of zone is where we – make that official decision and see if it blows up on our face. In the execution time zones, an important factor to consider here is during the recompete zone. You had mentioned, Vicki, that when there's a contract that's being recompeted, hence the, the uh, contract-specific experience, that's during this recompete zone. That's where everybody's starting to come back to the table and getting ready to run this competition again, say it's five years later or whatever. During that window is the perfect time to say, okay, last time we did this as you had to have government experience. And you can evaluate the results of the contract and say, did we need to be that specific? Sometimes you do, sometimes you don't, but that's when this happens. And so if you're not familiar with the overall acquisition and execution time zones, we cover those in episode number three and episode number 84, respectively. So let's walk back through these four again and talk about why each one of them is important. 
So we'll start with a contract-specific past performance. And so this is the one where there's a contract coming out. You've been the, the incumbent or in some way associated with having been the incumbent on the last one or one before, but you've done the work before. So why is it important to have past performance here? It's all about showing that, you know, giving the contract, the new contract to you is the high probability of success, low risk of problems. And if you've already done the contract uh, before and you've done it well, then you have uh, the learning curve on it is going to be extremely uh, small and you can come in with new people and with, with your people who have been there before and, and move right along and kind of smoothly and stuff. Contract-specific past performance, there's so many benefits that you can come, you know, incumbents, you know, what can you do? Incumbents are, are incumbents and they, they've got some experience that you don't have. So can't argue with that. What's the best way to use people like, like key personnel? If you don't have contract-specific past performance as a contractor, you maybe do have two or three people that were on the contract prior under a different contractor. And don't forget that you can usually bring those in and use their past performance as well, especially if you have no other relevant past performance. Bring up those key personnel and show the, you know, show their strengths and show the fact that they do have, they, they did help with that contract back um, just three or four years ago and they, they know how the, the program works. So even if you haven't been the, your company wasn't the incumbent or isn't the incumbent and hasn't done it as a company, if you're able to recruit the person who was like the program manager for the contract the last time, that, that's an example of how being able to strategically leverage some level of contract-specific past performance. You don't actually, this, is, this isn't a, a, a check the box or not. There's creative ways to solve this. Right. It is, uh, it's something that you have to, uh, to look for. And I do have an example. If uh, Go for it. We had a proposal for the VA and one of our, our general contractor was light on VA experience. In fact, they had zero. Um, <laughs> That's pretty light. A VA experience of similar size because the, the, the building that we were bidding is like three times larger than anything they've done before. So we, we got a debrief midway, as you do in construction, uh, you will sometimes get, you know, uh, they will do a competitive range and they will then come back and give you basically a debrief and, and tell you all the things that was wrong with your uh, proposal. And then you can come back in with a revised proposal. So we got, we got zinged for not having past performance of similar size and scope. And there was concern about that and the fact that it was VA, not VA. So we got together with the, G, with the general contractor and he said, I've got people that are in the company. I'm, you know, he's a big company. He's got a lot of good people. All right, let's see those resumes. Let's get them out here on the table and let's look at them and see what we've got. And sure, sure as heck, there they were. You know, <laughs> you know we, had, uh, we had construction, we had guys who had built buildings that were 450,000 square feet, for God's sake, you know, project managers. So we pulled that out. And, uh, and put that into the intro of our past performance and beefed it up that way. So, um, and, and showed, you know, a string of different people who were going to be on the contract and committed them, you know, that said, yeah, we, we're committed that these guys will come to work on this contract. So don't forget the key personnel can really help to, uh, to strengthen you. And, and that's an example of how you help our clients navigate this stuff. Is it, that's is, absolutely. So 
Yeah, it won't it, be for it, lack of trying, by gosh. That's right. <laughs> these are always unique puzzles to solve. Okay, so the next one, the next level is this agency past performance. Give me an example of how that applies. Uh, well, sort of goes to the example I just gave, which was the VA. Uh, the VA wants you to wants to know that they're working with a company that knows the VA mission because it is unique. Uh, their mission is the veterans, and veterans have a unique set of of medical problems related to you know war wartime. So they want to know that even in construction, the construction of the buildings, the interior design, they want to know that you understand and you get it, that you understand the VA. Okay, so you don't have any VA agency past performance, then you can go and look at your federal and that you might not have VA, you might not get all of the points for it, but you may have some federal that you can go to and we'll talk about that in a moment. So that, that's a good segue. Okay, so if you've got the federal past performance, how, how do you how do you map that out? Then you would look at uh, I would go for military first because after all, you're military before you're a vet. I would actually uh, pitch a a military medical facility over you know non military uh, if I had to, and then of course all federal. If you have some other federal that uh, are out there, GSA runs some federal ones. And then you just show that you, you're, why you're wanting to show the federal ones is because if you've been in the public sector and you've done public sector work, you know that there's a difference between public sector and private, what the federal rules are for this. So um, that's, where you, that's, that's what you're wanting to show with your government past performance. From a, the government past performance shows that you can see things from, to some extent, from the government's perspective. Like you mentioned, if you've worked in a public sector environment, you generally understand, okay, this is what things take longer, why they take longer, what things the government, why does the government need to know more detail? There's all these little nuances that having just the expertise of, yes, we've done this. Yes, we know what the FAR is. Yes, we know you have 25 pages of clauses you're going to dump in my lap. I get that. Yeah, it's funny that now that I've actually had companies that I dealt with that they were not ready for it because they were commercial contracts and they they were my favorite one. They, they start like red inking out the clauses. I'm like, dude, those are federal clauses. They're, those are non-negotiable. I mean, that was such a fun meeting. It's like, what? I don't. It says we have to have all these sticks. I'm like, yep, sorry. That's, that's how these work. So, yeah. okay. So that's a good segue to the commercial one. So now we have the commercial past performance. Okay. So any government, how do you make the best out of that? Then the commercial, you look at that the scope of the work uh, that is being looked for within the uh, RFP itself, and you help the evaluators to understand that you did very similar work on, for example, uh, you built a hospital and that you had all of these, you had very similar different types of requirements that were on it. And it's on you to kind of show that you can't just say, oh, I built XYZ hospital, you actually need to say, you know, that it had the MRI facility within it and it had, uh, and it catered to this very specific kind of patient who had, uh, you know, trauma uh, victims who, who were treated in particular area of the hospital. So take it an extra step and tell them why it is very similar. Not just that you built it, not just that the specs are similar, but that you do get it, that the similarity is there, that you have an understanding of how it's going to be used. And, and I, I like the point of how it's going to be used, because what we're really talking about is we're matching the level of detail and complexity 
and how we support the customer, whoever's going to use this thing, whether it's IT services or it's a, it's a machine gun or it's a hospital or it's a tank or a boat or whatever. You, if you show this is how the customer is going to benefit from the past performance I have, you know, that's how you can cross the gap. But if you just say, oh, yeah, I've done IT before. Yeah. <laughs> well, everybody can say that. And the people who have done it for the government automatically have a leg up on, from you. So that's a, a really kind of quick overview of why this stuff's important. So let's jump to the government, folks. Why is this important to the government? Why, why are these four levels of, of past performance relevant? relevant? Yeah, <laughs> that's funny coincidental. Relevant to the, the government, folks. I am probably one of the last standing contracting ex-contracting officers who was there when we didn't look, we, the federal government, didn't look at past performance at all. Back before the day when past performance became something that we even looked at. And past performance is one, probably one of the most important ways to tell whether or not a contract will be performed successfully. You wouldn't go out and buy a, a car from a company that says, hey, we haven't built cars before, but we're, you know, we're the best. We're going to do it. Would you go to them? Well, probably not. You know, you'd go to somebody who's actually built a Ferrari or something like that. So it's a matter of looking at it and saying, okay, we, we really want this to be successful. So that's that's what you're trying to do is to get to what what makes... What define what you think success will be? Yeah, this is really important for dealing with smaller companies who who may not have the past performance or may not have enough enough past performance uh, or or experience. But being able to define, yes, they can actually do it. And, and to your point, this is something that that years ago, uh, crazy. I, I I actually came in after that law changed, but it's crazy to think about not looking at past performance because now here's our far time for this episode. FAR 15305A2 little i. So past performance information is one indicator of an offeror's ability to perform under a contract. The currency and relevance, we mentioned that a couple of times here, of the information, source of the information, context, gotta love that, context of the data, and general trends in contractors' performance, here's the important part, shall be considered. Now this is FAR part 15, so it doesn't apply to every single scenario. There's, there's nuance to this. But FAR Part 15, which is a lot of the stuff that you help our customers with, is your big competitive contracts. What they're saying here is it shall be considered. So that's why on the government side, this is why I care about all four of these types, because I got to consider past performance. And if I don't have any government past performance, if they only have past performance with my agency, what do I do with it? That's the, and the more complex, the more government unique or urgent this, this requirement is, the more important past performance becomes. Because if I need to hire somebody today, like let me put a COVID hat on this, right? Right after everything kind of hit and we had some, some urgent needs, I need to hire somebody today who can do this work and get it here quickly at a reasonable price. Who am I going to go with? Somebody that's done it. Kind of to your point, I'm not going to go to somebody new and go, okay, this is a really bad time to try out new people. <laughs> it's like if I have to have this done, I'm not going to just try out the new guy. And so that, that idea of the best way, and you'd said this before, the best way to know if somebody can actually do the work is their past performance. As a contracting officer, one of the things that I struggled with is, is I, I got to make sure that I explain what is relevant. And again, this is easier said than done, but, but the offers need to know how to rank their past performance and, and if it's going to be ranked, right? Because without direction on how to rank them, they're just 
going to guess that it is. They're going to assume that their past performance is relevant. And again, I'm raising my hand because I got a couple, I, I would give this strata of, of offers. I remember one, I got, I think I got like nine different offers and four of them, it was obvious that they could do the work. And a couple of them were, eh, and then a couple of them, I thought, why did you bid? It's like, you're, you're, this isn't even what you, it, it's what you do, but you have no evidence to really correlate what you do with, with how well have you done it? And can I trust you to give you a, you know, a seven figure contract? And that was on me because <laughs> I didn't clearly explain to them, I want somebody who has done this before for the government. And those two companies that weren't really ever going to get the contract, yeah, they hadn't done it for the government. So I wasted their time and mine and all the evaluators. So <laughs> my bad. Yeah. And so working for the government and, and having a government contract was very important to you. So yeah, telling them that it's a good point. Okay. So enough about my all the things I screwed up as a contracting officer. Why does industry care about these four different types? Relevant path performance obviously can be an advantage and is an advantage. Can be if it's really good path performance. Not maybe not so much if it's only you know average or marginal, but uh, it certainly would be proof that you've got relevant path performance uh, if you've done a prior contract for the same agency and things like that. Okay. So speaking of having value, one of the things that we focus on is keeping these to roughly half an hour. <laughs> I think we're getting a little long here. So let me wrap this up with on the government side, decide to define each type of past performance and then explain the value of each. I did not do that as much as I should have as a contractor officer. Will they have equal value? Would these different types have equal value? Are, are they in descending order of value? Is a is commercial as valuable as, as government? Is government as, as, as specifically uh, government-wide as valuable as agency-specific? Tell them up front. And then will, will non-government past performance even be considered? Because if they know that it won't, then they won't bid. And that, that makes your job easier. And this is an effective way to, to thin the herd of offers and, and really to target on, we want companies that have done this before. You may want companies that have done it in a commercial market, depending on what it is, but you got to specify that. And, and the times that I did that, I was just more successful. It's critically important to tell the offers up front, meaning either before RFP or definitely in the RFP, instead of during the evaluation. And then on the industry side, which one is the government going to use? I mean, does, it, does the past performance evaluation they're using play to your strengths? If you don't know, ask. If you can't figure it out and you have to guess, that's a strategy, but it's also a potentially risky one. If you don't know that agency, like Vicki, you had mentioned how the VA operates and how the uh, Corps of Engineers operates. You have a general idea of how they operate, right? If you don't know any of that stuff, it's a high-risk endeavor. But not every RFP is going to have this whole thing uh, mapped out as far as the ranking of them. But this is part of the shaping process. I mean, helping the government understand what type of past performance should be more valuable. That's what's happening during the market research zone. Help them understand that, yes, this is something that the government is now buying, but we've been doing it in a commercial market for 25 years. And here's how we do it. So commercial only experience should be relevant, right? That's the communication that happens during the market research zone. And when you are describing your experience under a previous contract, especially a commercial contract or a contract with an agency, uh, you know, a, a far different agency from the one that you are pursuing, then be sure and help the evaluators out by helping them to understand in their language what you did that is the same or similar to what it is that they want you to do. Don't stand by your own words and say, well, they'll figure it out. Don't make it hard for the evaluators. Just help the evaluators out in figuring 
you know, and understanding what you did and what products you provided and why it is so similar and relevant. The funny way to think about that is don't have an army evaluator guess what the NASA acronyms stand for, because they're, they're just not going to be obvious to him, right? It, it, like, I love how you said that. It's about helping the evaluators understand why your past performance is relevant. Well, one of the best ways to do that is put it in language that they're going to relate to, because that way they can connect the dots and say, oh yeah, even though you did that for NASA, that's the right description of what we're doing. Well, this is fun, Vicki. I really enjoy having you on the podcast. So once again, thanks for being on here and I will see you next time. Thank you very much. Okay, thanks for joining us on today's episode of the Contracting Officer Podcast. And here's the end of podcast plug. When you need guidance on how past performance impacts your company's ability to win government work, Skyway's team of former contracting officers is there to guide you, is here to guide you. Visit skywayacq.com or give us a call at 877-884-5280. We'll see you next week.